Alright, on this mischief this mischief night edition of the of the preview show or whatever the hell we call this show. Like I said, another week has come and gone in the in the NFL. And hey, we should be in a good mood. Eagles won last Sunday. And they beat a and they beat a, a tough Buffalo Bills defense. They made Josh Allen look irregular. And they ran the ball probably better than they've had in a long, long time. You know? Yeah, man, it's sort of a, a bittersweet day for us today, I think. Um, obviously, the Eagles played their best game this season on, last, on Sunday, dominated the Bills, um, and they went in there in a tough situation, tough weather, and came out with a huge win. But then uh, we had a much hyped trade deadline yesterday. A lot of teams in the NFL, were, there was a lot of rumors going around, um, not just the Eagles, but all over the NFL, but also the Eagles. And uh, nope, there, were, there really weren't any trades. Um, the Eagles made one, but it was minor, and they really overpaid for the guy that they got, who's really no better than any of the other defensive ends on this team. And that was it. You know, we didn't get the big... We didn't get Robbie Anderson. We didn't get uh, Chris Harris. Um, it kind of looked like a lot of these teams, like the Jets and Broncos and Redskins and all these teams, they were just looking for an insane amount of an insane uh, return for what they were giving up. And not just the Eagles, but everybody just passed. Yeah, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of hype with an underwhelming, with an underwhelming day. The only big thing that happened was Akeem Salee's salary was taken away from the Rams to Miami. He's not going to probably play one snap for them since he's on IR for the rest of the season. So he's left as a free agent in March, and obviously his career at this point is at crossroads anyway. I mean, but yeah, it's obvious that. If you listen to, I, I don't know if you do listen to Doug Peterson's press co- conferences. He does about two or three a week. Obviously, he looked at like, okay, I I know that we do need to address some positions, but the good news is, even though we've had a lot of injuries so far in this first half that officially ended on Sunday, we are getting guys back. Deshaun Jackson practiced today. Avante Maddox was fully, he's going to return to the lineup on Sunday, and we know he can be a decent corner, you know, he's not a big name, but he's done, he's done good, more, more good than bad covering and doing stuff, and Tim Jernigan also is back in practice, and we know how much he has made a difference in that, in that front line. One thing we, we know about this defense, it's the, the strength is that front four. That secondary may not be big in name, but if that front four is doing their thing, the secondary has an easier game than if, if, if the front four doesn't get the pass rush. If they don't get the pass rush, the second it's relied on the secondary, and they can't do much. That front four has to cover that secondary. And obviously, this year on many occasions, it, didn't, it has not worked out. Obviously, Minnesota and Dallas comes to mind. But on Sunday... Against a more, a more weaker offensive team like Buffalo, 
They kept John Brown honest. They didn't run them. They didn't run the ball down their throats, and the defense had one of their better games of the season. Even though they didn't do the numbers and the stats wise doesn't mean a lot. It was obvious that they did what they had to do, and it resulted in a big victory. Yeah, well, um, these players coming back from injury, that's going to help the team, obviously. Big, a couple big ones in Tim Jernigan, because right now they got a bunch of nobodies playing defensive tackle next to Fletcher Cox. And um, big question mark, it could be the uh, MVP, but out of the guys coming back, the biggest one of all, Deshaun, um, if the guy can come back healthy and stay healthy, then that takes care of their deep threat that they've been lacking since week one when he went down. And we, he went down week two, but, you know, he barely played. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that would take care of the deep threat, but at the same time, can you really even count on him at this point? You know, they're saying that he's going to be playing, have to play through pain the rest of the year. Um, well, he's been injury prone for years now. I mean... Can you really count on him to be able to last even the second half of the year and in the playoffs if they were to make it? Well, obviously his his, his abdominal injury is more serious than what the than what the organization was telling the fan base. But obviously he's come to a point where he's had about near at least you know seven weeks of rehab, and he's trying his best to get back now. We'll see. We'll see how he does in practice. If he can shoot up on Sunday, but obviously this is an issue he's going to have to deal with for the rest of the year. So he's going to probably be in and out of the lineup. I can't. We really can't trust him to be one hundred percent for the rest of the year, or he'll play every game moving forward. But obviously he's going to do what he has to do. But obviously, even though he's he still looks like a young guy, he's younger to be by a few months. Thirty two is is going is not the right age. To still be an explosive player, normally, you know, not a lot of people can be Jerry Rice and still be a great wide receiver into his forties, like he was. But obviously, there's not a lot of people that are like Jerry Rice. But Deshaun Jackson is obviously a legend in 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 Eagles in the in Eagles history and in the league. He's well respected. He's had a great career, and obviously, he wants to finish strong. He wants to help. He wants to win that championship that deluded him over the years. And I think he's, his talents over the years have deserved that. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Um, you know, it's it's without without him, without that deep threat, we're stuck with this sort of uh, run-heavy, slow sort of plotting offense and that's not gonna it's not gonna work in the playoffs. And yeah. You know, the only other option that they have at this point is the is, you know, the Patriots are at some point this year they're gonna be cutting Josh Gordon and maybe the Eagles can put a waiver claim in for him and get him off waivers and you know bring him in, but at the same time he hasn't really looked anything special. So yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting what they do. You know, obviously they had a chance to get Robbie Anderson, but like you said, most of these teams, these bad teams, were asking for first-round picks, maybe two. Like the Jalen Ramsey trade basically opened the door for 
what other teams wanted to do. Now, for Chris Harris, I feel like there might have been interest. But like I said, Denver's a team that obviously they're giving up on the season. They put Joe Flacco, you know, we'll get to him in a moment, you know, look around the league. But obviously, if if you're looking for a first-round pick and you can't afford to do it, then you can't pursue a trade. Most of these teams want value. They want value. So unfortunately, a lot of these guys kind of muff on that situation, you know. But obviously Miami's going to do what they have to do. They got rid of Kenyon Drake earlier this week, and we all saw that coming to Arizona of all places, which is kind of surprising. But then you look at, like I said, when they got rid of, like I said, the Rams, they, they kind of knew that they want a keep to leave off their off their shoulders anyway. You know, and they and they find and, and obviously Miami would be a right partner because they would just take his salary and let him walk as a free agent in March. So that's exactly what they did. And unfortunately, like I said, I mean I don't know about this guy from that from the Browns. He looks like a he looks like a nice prospect and maybe he'll do some things in the interior. Like I said, Zach Brown is gone. He's gone for the season. he's gone, so he can basically take over his spot. But more importantly, yeah, the good, they're going to be putting him at defensive end. So, well, they'll do. Well, they'll have to put him on there, you know. But then again, also, like I said, hopefully the Tim Jurgen is also, you know, this is good for 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 the de- for the defense because he's made a hell of a difference in the years he's been here in the time he's been here. So, like I said, probably the two, the three most important players that the Eagles need t- to come back. Avante Maddox, Tim Jurgen, Deshaun are all all look like they're, they're going to be able to, if following anything else over the next couple of days, will be on the lineup on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's going to add to the team for sure. Um, it was just yesterday, as the day was going on, you know, I was kind of check, keeping an eye on the rumors and everything. And as it was going on, you're starting to see rumors about what some of these teams were asking for. And you could start to tell that it's unlikely the Eagles were going to be making any real significant trades. Um, well, well, the Cowboys no, kind of, well, the Cowboys kind of whiffed on on the trade too because they were very interested in Jamal Adams from the Jets, but they already made a trade with New England last week for for Michael Bennett. So obviously, they kind of, you know, do you really need Michael Bennett or do you need somebody to help buy? Byron uh, Byron Jones in the in the secondary because your secondary isn't as deep as your as your defensive line is. It's similar built to the Eagles, but even more aggressive. Now Michael Bennett at this point in his career, he could probably help you, but how much can he help you? How much can he help you? You know, especially if this team is not mentally there. Because like I said, that Eagles win that beating the Eagles was a big deal, but that doesn't mean. Your team is is fixed and everything's great. Your schedule is tough. That schedule is tough. And I can't see Dallas being... There's a very good technicality that by next week, we could be talking to the Eagles in first place by default, potentially. Yeah, I don't know about next week. I mean, the, the Cowboys have one more easy game coming up, and then their schedule is when it gets tough. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, with Jamal Adams... The Jets were one of those teams. They had a whole a number of players that could have helped potential playoff teams, and this is to the Jets, the Bengals, the Redskins. They they showed exactly why they are who they are. 
because they, they, they thought they were going to get some king's ransom for all these players, and, you know, they held out, and they got nothing. Now they got guys that it, that are either leaving after this year, like Rod, like Robbie Anderson and Chris Harris, or they have guys that are angry with the team, like, uh, like Jamal Adams and um, Trent Williams on the Redskins. You know, yeah, Trent, Trent Williams actually ended his, his holdout yesterday. Yeah, but he's not even planning on playing. He's like, he, he came in and failed his, his probably on purpose, failed his uh, physical. And the reports are saying that he's not even planning on playing a game for them this year. So he's probably going to pull uh, Jalen Ramsey and, you know, oh, I have a back injury. I can't play this practice this week. You know? Well, then they're going to have to. Nothing for him. Then they're going to have to put him on waivers then if that's the case. And it's, it, it just shows why these teams are who they are. They they're, they're, they had no idea how to um, judge the market. They have no idea how to what to do with the players that they have or how to maximize their value. I mean, Rod, Robbie Anderson's probably gone, and the Jets are asking for a second rounder for him for eight games. You know, it's like no. I mean, even a third rounder is a, a bit much, but I would I do I'd have been willing I would have been all right with that. Because he's still young, and you could try to you could still resign him. But you know, even Chris Harris, the Broncos are asking for a second round pick for a thirty year old cornerback for eight games. You know, the Bengals weren't even willing to trade AJ Green, or if they were, they wanted like an insane amount. And what's he going to do to help that team? That team's garbage. They're either the worst or one of the worst teams in the NFL. You know, by the time they actually would even have a chance of competing for a playoff, the A.J. Green will be 35 years old and finished. Yeah, so. there's a, one thing we've learned through the first half of the season, and, and next week we'll have a bigger look back on the first half since next week will be the official halfway point. It's unofficial because still a lot of teams haven't played their eighth game of the season. Is obviously that there's a lot more bad teams than really good teams. I mean, it's really... There's a lot of trash teams in this in this league. Like you said, Bengals and Jets and Redskins and Falcons and Broncos. I mean, Giants are not, you know, they're not going anywhere. Tampa Bay. I mean, there are a lot of bad teams around this league this year. You know, it's almost it's almost like the haves and the have-nots. And there's not many contenders. There's more pretenders than contenders. And like I said, if you're looking at at this trade deadline, you can't. You gotta get what you what you can afford. You have to get what you can afford because there's too many ridiculous contracts out there. Because people are very much looking at the at mortgaging the future on a guy that that may not stay healthy for for half a season. You know, and a lot of these teams are doing, and a lot of teams are keep doing the same damn thing over and over to think that they're going to get better by one player when they know they need three other players. That's why the NF, that's why the draft is very important. But I feel like the draft is kind of takes takes a step back too cuz a lot of teams are looking for are not looking for needs, they're just looking for somebody that looks like they can fit, you know? And that's why their teams are, all, are always like that winning 3-4 games a year. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So like I said, there's just a lot of bad teams this year and just not a lot of smart decisions. And, you know, like I said, speaking of non-smart decisions, our next our next opponent, obviously, on Sunday is the Chicago Bears. 
And watching that game on Sunday against the Chargers, I felt like in my mindset they were the better team. Their defense did a good job on Phillip Rivers and company. But, man, when you think about the 2017 draft, and we talked about this before and we will talk about this again, the fact that they went up one spot and gave up so much for one to go up one spot to get Mitch Trubisky, who obviously is not the best quarterback in that draft class by no means. I saw what I saw on Sunday. He is horrendous. He might be one of the five worst quarterbacks in the NFL right now. You know? Yeah. I've well, never I seen... Mean, in that I, draft, I didn't like him anyway. I said he was garbage. And, uh, I mean, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't sold on Patrick Mahomes either. But my, my guy was Deshaun Watson. Obviously, he's been good. Maybe, maybe not as good as Mahomes, but... But we were well. We were wrong about Mahomes. We were wrong about Mahomes because we obviously yeah. know how great he, how how really how good he was last year, how explosive he was, and we know Deshaun Watson's a baller. He he balls well, and I'm sure Chicago. I'm sure the Bears organization is kind of regretting not looking at those guys and ending up with a guy who's not even good enough to be a game manager. I mean, a game manager, if you get if you have an Alex Smith on the Bears, you're, you're a contending team. Mitch Trubisky made so many horrible plays in that game that even though the kicker is, and the head coach and the head coach took blame for the loss, is responsible for that loss, I blame most of it on Trubisky's play more than anything else because they should have yeah. easily beaten the Chargers. And he played like and he played like pure garbage. Yeah, he's 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 garbage. And yeah, I mean, in that draft, I think we both were saying the same thing that he was he was going to be a bust and the worst of that group. And he is, you know. That's why the Eagles' defense is going to have a. They're going to have fun on Sunday. I really feel like that. You know, I really feel like even though. I'm not going to sleep on that defense, and we'll obviously preview that game on Sunday. Mr. Trubisky is there. He's going to have his his hands full. That defense is going to have another field day. I feel like. Well, uh, he may he might have a tough time, but you know I don't I don't see the Eagles putting up a lot of points either, unless Deshaun is actually healthy, which who knows. But I mean, I really don't see the Eagles putting up very many points, so it's uh, it's it's not going to be an easy game. I didn't say it was going to be easy for the Bills or for the Bears. I, I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but I'm going to tell you right now: if, it, if if the Bears find a way to leave Philly with a victory, it won't be because of Mitch Trubisky. We'll we'll just let that we'll just let that marinate right now. It won't be because yeah, well, of of Mitch Trubisky. He's not going to yeah, win this game for them. Yeah, that's true. But I'm I'm not. A, I wouldn't be surprised if. The Bears do walk out of there with a win. Well, we know that this season hasn't been as kind as we would think, and and I'm and obviously, you know, the at least the Eagles have been quiet this week. They're not. I mean, they they obviously quietly celebrate on Sunday, but they 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 went back to work the, the on Monday preparing for the next matchup because they're going back to what they know before that took them to a Super Bowl title a couple years ago. They're not going to look. They're not going to just make false promises or anything like that. You know, they're not going to be cocky. You know, they'll be prepared for this Bears team on and 
we'll look into it because obviously there's that opportunity that first place could be potentially on the line, even though Dallas has to play the Giants, you know, obviously. But we'll preview that game, obviously, on Sundays. On Sunday, so, yeah. But looking around the, the, the league, I mean, obviously, you know, again, the Patriots won easily. They made Baker Mayfield their bitch right away. Three turnovers in their first three possessions. and But watching that game as it goes on, I see, I, I see that, okay, they outscore them 17-something in the first in the first half, in the first quarter, but from that, from mo- the moment on, second quarter on, the Browns actually outscored New England thirteen to ten the rest of the game. And now, I told you this the other day: the Browns, even though they're not that great record-wise, there's talent enough that it was going to be a little tougher for the Patriots to put them away, which they they did, but they kind of didn't. Now, the schedule gets tougher. They play Sunday night in Baltimore. They have the bye. They play us the week after. Then they play Dallas probably in a primetime game or a late afternoon game, week 12. You know, now, now this, then they play in Houston, and then they play a Sunday night game against the Chiefs. Should should we sit here and say that the Patriots will go 13-0, I mean, 13-0 or could they end up Potentially losing three of those matchups, or where, where will where would they be when th- that stretch of games is over? Well, I mean, they're they're not obviously they're not going undefeated, okay? So they're going to lose some games. It's just going to happen. Um, the way I view them at this point, I, I see them at fourteen and two, maybe thirteen and three. So they'll lose a couple games, but yeah, they're not they're not going they're not going undefeated. Okay, it, it's just it is what it is. It's it's not a, it's so it's really difficult to do that. And like you said, they they do have a difficult schedule coming up. So somebody will knock them off. I don't know that it'll be the Eagles, but um, or even I don't even know that it'll be the Ravens, but maybe the Chiefs. You know they'll lose a game. They'll lose a couple games. Yeah, because we we know the the Patriots have such the cupcake schedule, the slap on the wrist schedule that they've had. One game, one team they played with a winning record through the first half, unfreaking believable. And now we we get to see how good they are. Because think about this. There's playoff matchups in that schedule in these next five games. You look at Baltimore. You look at Houston. You look at Kansas City. They're going to play one or two of those teams in January. So this is very, very important. They also play the Bills in, in Buffalo, too. So even though the Bills didn't look good last week, they're, they're, they're going to be in the playoffs, too. So, I mean, at this point, hopefully they don't fall apart after this uh, Eagles loss. But I don't think they're as bad as as what the Eagles did to them. But still, no, nah, it was a bad game and a bad game plan. Um, and really, when you looked at what what they did on offense and defense, it was considering the weather. It was a bad game plan all around for that team. Yeah, but 
still, it's, it's, it's a very easy schedule for the most part the rest of the way. They have a lot of easy wins coming up. So they got at least 10 wins coming, maybe even 11. So they'll be in the playoffs as a wild card. Yeah. But like I said, New England's schedule does get tougher. These next five games, you're, you're, you mean, they're, like I said, they're capable of winning all five. That's not the problem. The problem is Brady at this point has looked pedestrian at times below average, even though I, it's still Brady. But their offensive game, they've been obviously carried by this defense. They've been obviously carried by this defense over the last, throughout this entire season. And now it gets more, more interesting. But there is one team that we have to talk about, and I said this week we're going to have to talk about this team. And, you know, like I said, we've talked about this team a lot over over the season. We know that. We know the story. Andrew Luck retired. They, re- You know, and we wondered what Indianapolis would be like without, without Luck, you know. But right now, if the season ended, if the season ended, not only... Are they in the playoffs? They win their division. They would be with a bye. They would have a bye. Like, is Indianapolis a sleeper team in the AFC? Could they actually be a, a team that nobody wants to play at, at one point of this season? You know? Well, um... I mean, yeah, they're they're first right now in the division. They're, they'd be the number two seed and everything, and they they've been they've been good this year. There's no doubt about it. But I mean, this game, even though they got the win, it's hardly an impressive game to win win by two points on a last second field goal against the Broncos. And um, yeah, I, I mean, I just don't see them in the playoffs really making a lot of noise. They have a nice defense overall. It's not bad. It's not the greatest. It's not bad. Um, Jacoby Brissett's been a, a good, solid player. He's had some good games. Um, but he's not hes not a guy that's really, I would, that I would say, would take over the game in, a, in the playoffs like you would need out of a, a top-notch quarterback in the playoffs. Um, you know, Marlon Mack is a, a nice running back, but he's not a superstar. They do have, admittedly, one of the, if not the best offensive line in the NFL. So that's obviously going to help him out big time. But, you know, they're just a nice team all around. They're not special. And they're probably going to be one and done in the playoffs, assuming they make it. Yeah. I mean, but it, you have to look at it like this. Two years ago, this team was in big trouble without without Andrew Luck. This team was was in big trouble when he went, when he missed the whole season with an injury. But compared to to without him in 2017 to today, without him, you have Fr- Frank Wright, who who obviously is going to get Coach of the Year consideration. You know, I'm sure he got some last year, but he's definitely going to get some this year compared to, you know, what he's been up, what he's done. And obviously, Chris Ballard looks like a runaway for executive of the year for what he's done with putting this roster together. Obviously, it's an elite roster. That Darius Leonard draft draft choice was was excellent. Led the league in tackles as a rookie, and he's just, and the best is probably yet to come out of him. 
And like I said, you know, the old line is very, very good. Like you said, the defense is very underrated. And yeah, they didn't they struggled against Denver, but you like I said, you have to win hard games. You know, you have to come from behind. You're not gonna play sixteen perfect games. So, you know, obviously you're gonna win some, you're gonna lose some, but some games you win that you have to come from behind. And obviously this was a come from behind victory. But it was very ex- exciting come from behind victory. That tells you that Indianapolis has a very solid defense. Jacoby Brissett can make good plays. He outperformed Deshaun Watson the week before. So, hey, Indianapolis is a team that, like I said, Patriots get a little bean banged up. You know, Andrew Luck never could beat Brady. But then again, Brissett, he knows Brady and Belichick very well from being up there for that his rookie year, 2016. Like I said, if these two teams were to meet in January, they're not going to meet in the regular season, unfortunately. But if they two teams cross paths in January, that would be a unique. That would be a unique matchup. But if you look at the AFC as a whole, New England is so far ahead in the win column. They're eight and zero. Nobody else in the conference has more than five victories. You know. Yeah. We know the Chiefs. We know the Chiefs are a really good team. We saw we saw the Sunday. I'm sure you saw the Sunday night game. You were kind of impressed, even though yeah, they they're in big trouble if they don't get number 15 back in that in that lineup. You know they'll be in tr- they'll be in big trouble. But but obviously there's still a lot of talent on that team that can at least try to win some games. But they know that they need to get Mahomes back in that lineup if they're if they're going to be a legit contender for Miami. And then you look at Houston and and Deshaun Watson. I mean, like I said, they're in a very tough division. But you know, Deshaun Watson is playing very good. He's he's played himself into the MVP race. So it's obvious that that organization they're going to get their act together too. Okay, they lost JJ Watt to a pectoral injury, to a pectoral injury, unfortunately. So, but there's still a decent enough defense. But as long as Deshaun Watson's out there, they're gonna be they're gonna be in the mix. You know. Yeah. Well, um, you know the Chiefs. They they obviously have a ton of talent on offense, and, and once Mahomes comes back, they can they can put up points on pretty much anybody. Even though really they weren't all that impressive for the last few weeks that Mahomes was in the game, you know. But, uh, you know, they, they played tough against the Packers. So they didn't win, but they played tough. Um, but their defense is bad, let's face it. And come playoff time, when you have a bad defense, you're going to have a tough time making it to the Super Bowl. You know, you can win a game, but just like last year, Eventually, you're gonna that defense is gonna get toasted. Um, the Texans again, they just like the Chiefs, they have a great, they have a one of the top young quarterbacks in the NFL, and they're really they're they're, they're really starting to come along, especially offensively. But like you said, they just lost JJ Watt, their best player. It's gonna hurt, and um, I mean, this guy was leading a league in quarterback hits, you know. What three-time defensive player of the year? I mean, that's it's going to hurt them big time. And I don't know that they really have enough to really come playoff time. 
take down the Patriots. Yeah, J, yeah, the Javelian County. You know, we they had to let him go because of his salary. So, you know, they traded yeah, him well, away. And with him, in hindsight, man, I mean, I'm, I was, you know, passing on all these players at the trade deadline and get going back to the trade deadline. Um, the Eagles passing on all these players. That's always I'm fine with that because we're not gonna. I don't want to overpay for these guys, but. You know, you, you, in hindsight, you look back at that trade, the Clowney trade, and you know the Eagles could have made that same trade, and you think it would have been way better you, than anything they could have gotten at the trade deadline. You think you think this? You think on Monday morning when they look, when they realize JJ Watt's done, you think they regret losing, letting Clowney go for this season? I, I don't think so because they were ready to move on, and uh, and you know they wanted to get something for him. But I mean, they probably should have stuck with him, especially looking at it now. Yeah, you know, really getting a third round pick for him—it's that's nothing. You could they could have just franchised him this off season and gotten a third round pick for him. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the AFC side of situations, you know. You know, like I said, the Ravens were off this week. You know. Not much to talk about there, you know. Pittsburgh won, but we're not going to worry about what happened on Monday Night Football. What the hell with that? Let's move to the NFC side. Like I said, last week we talked, and we talked about three teams that look like, obviously, somebody, one of these three teams looked like they're heading for a potential date in Miami with New England at this point. Obviously, Green Bay remains unbeaten besides losing to the Eagles on a short week on a Thursday night. They haven't lost anybody else. Drew Brees returned a week early. They're on their bye this week, but Drew Brees returned a week early before the bye. And despite looking a little rusty, took care of business against against Arizona, as we all expected, because Arizona ain't on that level. And then the 49ers, a big, you know, a decent matchup. You actually picked Carolina. You actually picked against them, and you kind of probably forgotten. You kind of for, regretted that because within. No, I, I, I know. I regret. Yeah, I, I, I win that batch. I win that matchup because that game wasn't even close. It was twenty-eight to to seven within like five minutes. It was basically a done deal. You know, congratulations to 49ers. But I mean, of these three teams, it's not. My question is not, are they capable of getting to Miami? Which one of these three teams do you trust the least to get to Miami? Um, well, even though they're undefeated and they're playing great, I mean, I still don't see, I still don't see the Niners making it to Miami, man. Um, I, I, I think the Saints are the Saints are going out of the NFC, um, and uh, as you know, as good as the Niners are right now, their defense is awesome. Um, I just don't see if if they go head to head with with the Saints, I don't see them being able to hang. You know, um, healthy Alvin Kamara. Um, Latavius Murray, they're gonna they're, that that offensive line is gonna win the line of scrimmage. Those two running backs are gonna have good games. Drew Brees is 
maybe he's not the 5,000-yard quarterback he used to be, but he's, he's still, you know, Tom Brady level almost. So he can he'll win he'll win he can win the big games and that Saints defense isn't bad either. They're the best all around team in the in the NFC anyway, and I still see them going to the Super Bowl. Well, thinking about the 49ers, I kind of agree with you because their their schedule, like New England, is about to be you know they've had it very relatively easy. I think, yeah, probably as easy as New England, but now their schedule really, their defense really takes, they're about to get tested because, you know, they play Arizona. We're going to preview that game coming up here here shortly. But after that, they play Seattle. They, they host Seattle. And then they play one easy game after that. And then the next three games at Baltimore, at home versus at home versus Green Bay and the Saints. So for the next five games, for the next six games, potentially losses, potentially losses. And we're going to see how good, you know, how good this defense really is and how good Garoppolo can be. Obviously, Tevin Coleman was was guy, was a guy that won that game on Sunday. He had he ran he ran crazy against Carolina and I don't think Carolina is really that good. I mean they they've had decent defense but you know I I think Kyle Allen was exposed and and I don't think that Cam Newton's going to save them when they start falling apart here. I don't think Carolina's a team that's going to make the playoffs at all. So to me San Francisco is a, is a team that you know, they've gotten they're they're playing very well. They haven't had a winning season since 2013. They're only two wins away from from getting that situated. But like I said, I do agree with you. Their schedule is about to get interesting, and we're going to see how good they really, really are compared to what to those two teams, especially the Saints. Because I do agree with you. The Saints have proven to win hard games in tough environments. They can play a, a low-scoring game, a high-scoring game. Obviously, getting Drew Brees back is not just a benefit. It tells me that this is a, as complete a team like you, I agree with you as a completed team in the entire NFC. Yeah. So, and um, we we will get a preview, a playoff preview, down the line in December because the Niners and Saints do play each other in New Orleans. So that could be for the first for home field advantage throughout. Very, very possible. Very, very, very possible. So, yeah. But like I said it's going to be interesting. We'll see. Like I said, next week when we when we look back on week nine, we're going to once again do our top five teams in the conference, in both conferences. So be prepared for that. Do your homework over the next week. <laughs> but, but let's get to the matchups here, you know. Let's, like I said, let's get to the, um, let's get to the matchups. We have two matchups we have to preview for this week, for, for Thursday night and Sunday morning when we get on on board here on Sunday. There'll be another game going on that we have to look at. The first matchup obviously is the 49ers. You know, they're they're obviously rolling right now, undefeated still, halfway to a potential perfect season on the line here against an Arizona team that's obviously improving and 
Kyler Murray, a lot of people haven't gotten to really seen how good he really how how he is, but he's getting better every week and like I said, go ahead with this matchup tomorrow night. Well, I mean to me if if this were a Sunday game this would be a unanimous one. Um but it's Thursday night, so we'll go over this one real quick. Um Niners are have been dominating, like you said. They, they've played a lot of bad teams, but they've been dominating them all year. Arizona's another bad team that they're playing. Kyler Murray, he's um, he showed some potential early on. He's kind of regressed as the season's gone on a bit. They now just traded for uh, Kenyon Drake because they have a number of injuries at running back. I was kind of personally, I was kind of perplexed by that trade. They, this is a team that's really going nowhere, and Kenyon Drake's a free agent after this year. It's, it's sort of like a one-week type deal because then they're going to get David Johnson back and so on and so forth. But, um, but yeah, this is a game where the Niners are going to come in and they're going to dominate again. Arizona's not going to move the ball at all. Jimmy Jimmy G, he's going to have a decent game, but look for another big game out of Tevin Coleman and that and that whole running game in general from the Niners. They're going to dominate the line of scrimmage, and they're going to go into Arizona, and they're going to roll easy. So Niners win, final score of 34-16. Well, like I said, this is... An NFC West matchup. On paper, it's not very sexy. Arizona's a rebuilding team. Even though Kyler Murray is getting better every week, he is getting better, and this offense has played well in recent weeks. They didn't play that well last week in, in, in New Orleans. Obviously, you're playing the best team in the conference at the moment, one of the best teams, and now you're playing, you know, your division rival who's obviously playing very well right now. You know, this, like I said, the 49ers coming off a big win. Jimmy Garoppolo still, we haven't seen how great he can be this year. He's been more game manager than a guy that can put together a hell of a, a, hell of a number. And we know he's capable of it. He's obviously have, he only has only lost two games as a starter for the 49ers in his career, you know, I, I look at his record, his record altogether, I think is, uh, I think it's 14 and two or something like that in his, in his career, in his 49er career. So he's obviously done a very good job. He's done a very good job, you know, and, and obviously has the franchise, they pay him like a franchise quarterback, but he probably is. So this should be an interesting matchup for a while. I mean, it's in Arizona, which is not, you know, it's not a hard place to play. Could play could be interesting for a while. I think it, you know, it could be a battle early, but later on, 49ers are a better team. They'll run the ball. Tevin Coleman's obviously is starting to come into his own as the number one back for them. And yeah, I agree with you. I think the 49ers should easily pull this off at the end. I have them winning, obviously, and the final score, thirty-two to twenty. <laughs> All right, like I said, we have to do two. The last, I'm glad. I'm sure you'll be happy to know this is the final London game of the season. 
the foul game in London, England for the season. And it'll be an AFC South battle. Jacksonville has somehow won their last two games, but I, I look at those two games as, you know, they beat two bad teams. I can't really say that those are impressive victories when you, you who you played. So, But they're hosting Gardner Minshew, who was the big Uncle Rico looking like. Everybody was looking at him popular. But obviously, here they are against a Houston Texans team that obviously trying to get themselves, you know, trying to keep up with Indianapolis. Big match up here. So go ahead. Well, yeah. Um, you know, like you said, the um, the Jaguars, they won their last two games. They're sitting at 4-4. Four and four. Houston's at 5-3. and three. They're, Houston's a half a game behind the Colts. So um, the Texans are trying to keep pace with the Colts. Meanwhile, Jacksonville's trying to get back into that division race. And um, so, you know, two teams are going to be playing tough. They're, they're sort of both trying to stay stay within striking distance of the Colts. Um, Jacksonville, they traded uh, Jalen Ramsey two weeks ago. Like you said, they won two, two games, not really tough games, but they won them two games in a row. Minshew's having a good year, much better than anyone expected he would do. Um, but the strength, really, of this Jaguars team is they got some players that on defense that can really get after the quarterback. Um, and to, to have a shot to win this game, they're going to have to get after Deshaun Watson, and they're going to have to sack him, make him, throw, uh, make him turn the ball over. In 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 reality, I don't think they're going to be able to be successful enough to win this game. I think Watson will he'll get sacked a few times, but he's also going to make some big plays. And uh, and yeah, I think Houston, even without JJ Watt, I think they're going to they're, they're still going to be able to get after Minshew this week, and they're going to they're going to hit him a few times and. And uh, they'll do enough to get the win, especially with a big game out of Watson. So I think Houston wins this one. It'll be tight for a while, but Houston pulls away in the second half. So I'm going final score here of 30-20. to Yeah, obviously these are two, like I said, the NFC, uh, the AFC South, my bad. The AFC South is very much what we expected when we did our preview show in August, to be maybe the toughest division in the league right now, all four teams are over five or five hundred or above. They all have their strengths, but also in hindsight, they have their weaknesses. For Houston, like I said, you know Deshaun Watson is playing out of his mind. He played very well in a come from behind win against the Raiders on Sunday. Nearly losing an eye, throwing that touch, that incredible touchdown to Fells, his his tight end, and obviously, you know, they're a team that's balanced very well offensively. Laramie Tunsil's done a very good job, you know, because they obviously were, were horrible last year with the offensive line, but that Tunsil trade before the start of the season has helped a lot. He's been a very, he's a really, really underrated left tackle in this league. 
and you know it. But obviously, you know this is going to be an, this is going to be an interesting matchup. And Jacksonville, like I said, even without Jalen Ramsey, they're still a very decent defense. Calais Campbell is that leader, and he can get a lot of sacks. And you know, there's still guys on there that can get to the quarterback. You know, like AJ Boye and those guys. And Gardner Minshew on offense, like I said, the quarterback, he's doing he's doing what he has to do. I don't know if Nick, you know, Nick Foles looks like he could be on the way back here. You know, he's still on the IR until after I think Thanksgiving, but and that will that'll be a, you know, that's something in a month they'll have to think about comparing where they're at in the wild card situation, but they're not too far out of the wild card. So this is very important for both teams to stay in the in the mix with Indianapolis. Obviously, this is going to be a tough matchup for both teams. It's going to be a battle. It's going to be a war. But unlike you, I think this is going to be a tougher game for both teams. I think it's going to come down to the to the wire. And, I mean, Jacksonville can pull this off, but I think that Houston's just a little bit better right now. I think they're a little bit better, and I think later on they'll they'll pound the ball and they'll get a and they'll get a and they'll get a field goal victory. I have Houston winning at the at the gun and the final score, twenty seven to twenty four. Tough battles, you know. Tough defense, tough division battles over the next, over this over those two matchups. So you know, we'll see what happens.